Thank you. Thank you so, so much. It is, it is a pleasure to be here. This is actually my first time performing in the great state of Louisiana. So I'm especially excited to be here. Um, and this is, this is also an, an, a unique opportunity for me because I'm just a pianist and, um, and taking kind of the reins of an entire church service I'm excited about. So uh, I'm gonna, the way it's going to be structured, I'm going to have some music uh, that I'm going to play first, and then there's going to be a, a shorter devotion in the middle, and then we're going to sing some songs together at the end, just to give you a heads up. But uh, just getting started, if I was to invite, let's just say, a three- or four-year-old child up on stage, I bet uh, within a mere matter of moments, they would ask something like, why are you so short? I'm three foot eight inches, I'm 35 years old. There's kind of a disconnect there. So uh, my mom and both my parents are here this morning, um, but my mom prepared me for this question just going into life, uh, in kindergarten in particular. And she just said, John Michael, just tell anybody that asks you that, God made me this way. That's a pretty good answer. And so, you know, most of the time kids ask questions like that. They just want to know something. It doesn't even have to uh, fully answer their question. They just want to know something. So I would say, God made me this way. But when I was about 16 years old, I found that I myself was the person asking God that very question. God, why did you make me so small? Um, I know you made me this way, but I just wanted something more than that. And what he's done since then has just overwhelmed me with, uh, with great encouragement. And part of that encouragement I, I'm able to share with you this morning. So I hope that you leave encouraged. Uh, a little bit about my type of dwarfism. It's called spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia. So you'll have to be able to spell that in order to leave today. But we just call that SED. Um, and that's about one out of 100,000 births. Uh, sadly, one out of 10 SED type dwarfism um, adults or people who are born with SED type dwarfism uh, pass away at a very, very early age due to health complications. So that's one in 10. Eight in 10 have to live very, very dependent lives and they have caretakers, and they're not able um, to live a normal life. And then one out of 10 SED-type dwarfism, um, they are like me, and they're able to live independent lives. And so one out of 10 out of one out of 100,000 is one in a million. So the type of my physical condition is a one in a million. I view it as a gift and then God has also met me with this tremendous gift of music. And I don't know the exact uh, odds on that, but just to explain a little bit of what I do, when I hear a song, I'm able to see a numerical makeup of that song and then play it nearly instantaneously. So, uh, th and this is going to sound unprofessional, and I probably shouldn't even be telling you this, but this is December 1st. 
So Christmas kind of snuck up on me, and I was out of town for Thanksgiving for a week. So we literally came from Destin, Florida to here, and I have not even played a Christmas song since Christmas Eve of last year. So I have not practiced at all. I, I have not prepared at all. But there's no sheet music to any of this, and I'm not memorizing anything. I'm literally just making it up note for note, measure by measure. And that's how I've always played. Um, I am classically trained for 10 years, so I do read music kind of, but um, very poorly. So God's just given me this gift uh, to, to be able to play music, and it intersects with the gift of dwarfism, And it gives me a platform to do something with it. And so I want to use that platform to proclaim his goodness, uh, not only in my life, but in your life as well. So uh, I'm going to um, continue this morning uh, just playing a few uh, more Christmas songs. Actually, a lot of Christmas songs. So I hope you're ready, and I hope I can remember them. So... (laughs) Thank you. 
you. So that song was entitled Angels, and that is uh, from my Christmas CD. And most of the Christmas songs you will hear uh, this morning will be directly from that CD. And even if you don't have a CD player or don't purchase a CD, uh, all of my Christmas music is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple uh, Music, Amazon, anywhere you get your music, you can hear it there. Uh, so next, we're going to take a little bit different turn um, away from some of the carols, and there's some kids here, so we're going to do some more kid-friendly music in this next medley. So I hope you enjoy it.
Thank you very much. This next, uh, this next song I absolutely love. It's my favorite one from the album. It's called Carols and Minors. There's major keys and there's minor keys. Um, major, like a major chord is that. A minor chord is, so it's like sadder. Um, and there's a lot of Christmas carols that are in minor keys. Uh, so here is a medley of as many as I could think of, strewn together in one song. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, so we're now going to kind of transition. Um, like Marcus said, this, this, is a, this is a worship service. And so part of worshiping is giving back uh, in form of tithes and offerings. So I want to just, uh, as the ushers come forward, I would just like to uh, pray as we, uh, as we go into this time of the service. Uh, Jesus, we just recognize that everything was created by you and for you, and that everything we have is yours, and that we so easily uh, treasure the things that we're meant to lay down. And we just uh, confess that, and we just pray that you would um, lead us and help us be obedient to your leading, especially this time of year, as we're so blessed and uh, we just give you the glory for this morning, and thank you for who you are and what you've done. In your name we pray. Amen.
So uh, has anybody watched Disney Plus since it has come out? Anybody? A few people? Okay, good. I uh, unfortunately had the flu two weeks ago, even though I got a flu shot. It didn't work. It's a hoax. Uh, (laughs) But thankfully, the worst day was Disney Plus's first day available. So I watched a lot of movies, including a lot of... Uh, a lot of Christmas movies, even. Um, so I've watched Home Alone 1 and 2, uh, The Santa Claus, Polar Express, uh, the Disney A Christmas Carol. So I've watched a bunch of them. So this next song is just a medley of some Christmas uh, music from some movies. So I think you'll recognize a lot of these.
Thank you so much. I have another Christmas concert uh, two weeks from today in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm going to be doing that song from there. Uh, but unfortunately, I will not be able to play it the same exact way because, again, I make everything up real time. So uh, probably different Christmas movies will pop in my head, and that whole first two minutes of me playing that was, what was that Degum song from the Grinch movie? And so, <laughs> and so I'm trying to think, Faith Hill... And then, where are you Christmas popped in my head. So thankfully, I, I got to sneak it in at the end. Um, but I, I do want to transition. You know, uh, music is amazing. I mean, and like Marcus said, it's, it's been uh, a part of this Advent celebration ever since the beginning. Um, but, but music is a vehicle to something greater. It's, it's something that's created, and it's a vehicle straight to the creator. And that's the goal this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, I would like for you to turn to Luke 2, starting in verse 8. And this will be uh, the text from my talk this morning. And this will be very familiar to um, most everybody here. All right, Luke 2, 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So, again, I'm just a pianist. I'm not a a preacher, but I know I need some points. So I've got three points. Um... I love that verse, fear not for behold, I bring you good news is point number one of great joy, point number two, that will be for all the people, point number three. So this good news, uh, I want to talk about good news for a second. Uh, Good news is kind of relative in today's society. Uh, Good news for an Auburn fan, we won (laughs) last night. War Eagle. But that's really bad news if you're an Alabama fan, and probably only if you're an Alabama fan. (laughs) So good news to some people might be bad news for somebody else. Um, Or or I I don't like it when people say, well, do you want the good news or the bad news? It's like, oh, gosh. I mean, you can't even get excited about the good news because you're so afraid of the bad news. So you, I mean, most people say, well, Give me the bad news. And if it is horrific news, the good news almost doesn't even matter at that point. And so, uh, for example, like if, if, somebody, if a friend of mine says bad news and they text it to me and I'm like, oh, my goodness, are you okay? They haven't read it. It's like, are you, do you need something? They're ignoring me. 
you've got bad news and you're just like cycling through how bad this news could be. You're like looking up funeral rates. And then I lost my hat. It's like, ah, that's not even bad news. Why would you even frame it like that? So, so good news and bad news, they're somewhat relative and they're not necessarily applicable to all people in the same way. Well, the news here in Luke 2 is not like that. The news here in Luke 2, uh, good news, I don't want it to get confused with good news, I found my hat. This is really, really good news. And in fact, it's the best possible news we could ever hope to hear. And it's been brought to us and it's being proclaimed by an angel here. And we get to read about it today, which is really awesome. So this is really, really good news. Um, Second point, great joy. So I, I love that... The gospel. Let's just talk about the gospel for a second. Um, in my teenage years, in my 20s, and really up to my first few years in my 30s, I kind of fell in the pitfall that the gospel is really for unsaved people. The unsaved people need to hear the gospel. While that's true, the gospel is simply... We're sinners, totally hopeless and totally helpless, but our creator God sent Jesus that we are celebrating this season to live a perfect life and die and give us credit for his perfection. And then we get to spend an eternity in heaven with him if we believe in him and we deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. And that's, again, really good news, but... That's not just for unbelievers. That's for us as believers as well. I mean, that's something that we can wake up to daily and be amazed and in awe of all over again. So um, not only can this good news lead people to salvation, but it can also restore the joy of salvation. And that's what King David wrote about in Psalm 51. He had lost the joy of his salvation. And in part of his, pray, his created me a clean heart prayer, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And so that's the encouragement this morning is, is this, this news, this good news can do one of two things for you all. It can bring about salvation or if you already have experienced the forgiveness that only Jesus can bring, then it can restore the joy of that. And so the third point is, this is for all people. And, and that could not be stressed enough. Jesus, um, you know, it kind of was tearing down those, those barriers of, uh, of Jews versus Gentiles and... And so that's even true today. And so kind of back to my, back to how I see life through the lens of a little person. If I'm going to pick up scripture and look for anything that deals with somebody of short statureness, so little people, dwarf, what other words you want to call them? Us. 
then you'll find two examples in Scripture. The first of which is in Leviticus 21. And at the end of Exodus, the tabernacle had been built. This is where God at that time dwelt with his people. It was his house. And there's this list of people who can enter certain parts of it at certain times. But then there's also a list in Leviticus 21 who says, these people cannot enter the tabernacle. And part of that list says, or a hunchback or a dwarf. And so if that's, if that's the only place in Scripture that I find somebody like me, that's going to that's gonna leave a really bad taste in my mouth for this God who made me this way. I can't even enter your house. That's so sad. That's so hopeless and helpless. But then Jesus comes. And then the New Testament, also in the book of Luke, in chapter 19, we hear about a man named Zacchaeus. And Jesus approaches him, calls him down out of the tree, and says, I'm coming to your house today to tell you about, hey, you know how you weren't allowed in my house? Well, that's over and done with because of me. And I have good news to share with you. And now you can come into my house. And what hope does that provide to not only people of short staturedness, but to all people? And it, it was amazing to see the transformation that Zacchaeus had and, and the way that he spent that moment on living his life to serve Jesus um, because he had that hope and he had the joy of salvation instilled in him. So, but, but that's the gospel. None of us before Jesus were able to enter God's house. But because of Jesus, now we are. And that applies to all people. So that's really, really exciting, good news. And I just wanted, uh, I wanted to share one final thought on, on tying all of this together. Uh, Psalm 112, 6 and 7, this is just a beautiful picture of how this good news can sink in and be, be a, really a weapon for us daily. It says, for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. So not only is this good news so good that it can bring about joy and that it's for all people, but this news is so good that relative to any bad news that there could ever be, it makes it nearly insignificant. So every single circumstance is really a, do you want the good news or the bad news? Well, the bad news is you lost your job, but the good news is you have a creator God who loves you and who has sent his son for you and you will spend eternity with, and he's preparing a mansion for you right as we speak and interceding on your behalf at the right hand of the Father. Like, 
that is so good that we don't even have to be afraid of the bad news that we've heard or the bad news that we might hear the rest of our days here on earth. So uh, I just wanted to leave some of that encouragement with you this morning um, because I've been tremendously encouraged as I've been doing these Christmas concerts. Uh, I, I like speaking in between songs, but I kind of realized God has just given me a platform to really take this time to pour into people that I don't normally get to have these conversations with. Like in Birmingham, my boss is there and all my coworkers, and it's just kind of taboo in corporate America to talk about Jesus. But again, he's given me a platform um, to share that good news. So I hope you've been encouraged this morning. Um, I, I am going to play one final song. Uh, and it's my favorite one to play. And then after that, uh, Miguel's going to come up and we're going to sing uh, three carols together. I thought that would be a good way to end it. And, and then I will be out there in the back selling CDs and, um, and I'd love to meet you. So thank you again uh, for coming. This has been just a tremendous pleasure to be here in Louisiana. Thank you.